And now our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Uh, so, hey, welcome to Imitating Art. I'm Chuck. I'm Don. And uh, here at Imitating Art, we like to review, dissect movies, see if they have any life lessons worth learning. Tonight, we're talking about Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be an incredibly long episode. Nope, <laughs> but we might have, a little, might have a little extra for you at the end if you stick around. I, I, have, <laughs> I have a feeling we're not going to be tagging on that uh, the completely unrelated conversation, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> unless we're really oh. hurting for time, which I have about a half page of notes on this one. Well, I've been getting nonstop emails at imitatingart1 at gmail.com telling us how we are just not talking enough in these episodes, and an hour is just not enough. So, uh, you know, we might need to we need to stretch it out a little bit. I mean, we have been getting a lot of emails at imitatingart1, but... It's mostly uh, from Anchor, letting mm. us know about new features. Oh. And uh, from Zencaster, letting us know about new features. And we haven't even <laughs> used Zencaster in, in months. This is, this is the way that Chuck likes to take my jokes and run with them. <laughs> he just goes full serious. <laughs> so, let's talk about aging John Wick. Yeah. So, I did have that, uh, like problem with this movie that i should say up front was it's not a bad movie it's just uh derivative of other movies that i like a whole lot better totally it was just a fun movie though yeah and i I don't think i'm gonna return to it but i mean no like the action was well done and like i like the character of hutch that bob Odenkirk plays but but it's just like so it it's incredibly derivative of john wick turns out it was written by the guy who wrote john wick uh so it well, there you go. totally makes sense. But, uh, I mean, as much as I like John Wick, it was also, like, that itself was derivative of, you know, like, the, the Bourne movies and the Taken movies, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> which I I'm, I have no real association with Taken. It was okay. I call it the Bourne fatherhood just because it felt so much <laughs> like a, a Bourne movie to me. But I love the I Bourne movies. And the first John Wick I, re- I really liked. And, uh, I mean, John Wick is a little derivative of those movies, but it builds its own I mean, universe and enough of its own universe that it feels like its own thing, just in a similar style. This yeah. just felt like, uh, just another, almost like a ripoff movie, but it's, it's still fun. Like I had a lot of stuff that I liked about it. Maybe. Either way, I'm pre- this is a theatrical release. Okay. I, I thought it was because I remember seeing it on billboard like pictures of billboards in in manhattan saying like that's one of like the only new movies that was coming out for a while and it was like one of the and i really loved the poster so it's that it stood out to me first of all it was bob odenkirk so that drew my attention but like i just really like the simple the simpleness of the the ad campaign right it's like bruised up face yeah it's like is this a sequel to fight club with bob odenkirk (laughs) um no, it's aging Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tyler, it's, I think it's impossible for Tyler Durden to age. That's true. Spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't seen Fight Club. But... Um, <laughs> you want to tell the people what this is about? Yeah. Uh, okay. Shouldn't take too long. So, Hutch... What the hell is his last name? Uh, Mansell. Mansell. Mansell, yeah. Uh, Hutch Mansell is uh, a family man who... Uh, 
his family doesn't think highly of him. Actually, the the first like twenty minutes reminded me of the first twenty minutes of a uh, a Beautiful Mind in in that way. Not a Beautiful Mind, uh, American Beauty in that way. Anyway, so uh, he used to be in the army, but you know, or the military of some sort, and talks about how boring it was. His son thinks his he has his boring dad, but there's a home invasion. And even though like they get out of it unscathed because Hutch doesn't push them and, you know, stops uh, violence from happening like peacefully, but his family makes fun of him for it. The cops make fun of him for it and it really pisses him off. So he decides to go get some of his stuff back from these people because it turns out Hutch uh, is a really smart resourceful badass uh he just no one knows this about him and he tracks these people down gets the stuff back and then the movie takes a complete turn for (laughs) some reason where he can't beat up the people that uh stole from him so he beats up these other random drunk dudes who are being assholes and it turns out they're basically the russian assholes from john wick uh and they belong to the Russian mob, so now the Russian mob is coming after Hutch. What an original thought. <laughs> Accidentally offend the Russian mob and then have the entire Russian mob come after you. Yeah, and then that's just what the entire rest of the movie is, is him evading and beating up mobsters. Yeah, and shooting them and or stabbing them in the kneecap with their own with weapons. With their own weapons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, that shootout in his house, like right in the middle of the movie, shades of the shootout at the beginning of John Wick, by the way. Yeah, All, definitely. Also Russian mobsters. Just that there come scene a time, where... Like, a time after, like, the, after the late 90s where suddenly it was okay for the Russians to be the bad guys again. <laughs> Stefan was here when, when we were watching it, and he said the same thing. He was like, what, what, <laughs> is, it, is it okay for uh, Russians to be I mean, I think we had like a decade where again? they were like, oh, Russia's our friends again. And then it was like, never mind. <laughs> like, I feel like the reason it worked really well in John Wick was... John Wick was going for this, like, almost cartoony feel where... It was like evocative of those, uh, uh, like Cold War spy like movies. 80s movies, yeah, yeah, just updated for like two thousands super violence fun. Yeah, but but this was going for a gritty feel. So the fact that there was that like the main Russian mobster with like the shiny suit on, I was like, what is this guy yeah. doing? What what is he wearing? He looks oh, to like be fair. I think he looked like half in the first place. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think in the 2000s, uh, most movies le- leaned hard on Islamophobia. <laughs> and were like, oh, bad true. guys? I know who it's going to be. Or I know what color they're going to be, at least. Yeah. E- even, like, technically good shows, like Homeland, like, the bad guys were still Middle Eastern yeah. people. And, I mean, at least that one had to do with, like, kind of, like, the war that we were already kind of in. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, Homeland Security is made specifically about uh, 9-11 and uh, Islamic terrorism, but still, but yeah, like so many of them, like, we're just like, who's the bad guy going to be? Of course, it's going to be an Islamic terrorist. Yeah. Well, if we can start, start just by talking about the scenes in the very beginning, I really liked that little sequence of Monday through Friday, repetitive life. I miss the trash men again. I have the same coffee every morning. I say the same thing to my wife every morning. 
yeah. work the same job every day. And I'm sure it feels like that to him, especially if he's like a retired badass. Like this, this nine to five's got to really be grinding on him. Yeah. Although this is this is what he wanted and chose, as right. it turns out. But um, that's what he says. I uh, I. I didn't like that sequence the first time just because of the way it was edited. Mm-hmm. I liked it the second time when it like was calling back to it. But that mm-hmm. first, my first note is slow the fuck down. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a little jarring that first time. I think I liked, I mean, I like like, uh, vlog videos that do stuff like that. Like I like those quick, like travel videos that are bam, 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 bam. So like, I like yeah, yeah. that in a, you know, in the the way that I like those, but I see what you mean as well. But when they did it like three or three times in a row, you see what they're going for. Yeah, but so, I mean, it, it's just because those initial shots from like the first like 30 seconds were just a little too quick. It, it's, it, it's this, for me, it was this like a back and forth thing because you don't want it to be too long because what you're showing is boring. But if it's too quick, it's going to be a little jarring. And I just, I thought that they just missed that like hmm. healthy middle where gotcha. like as it went on because as it went on it, it started quickening too so like it didn't need to start mm-hmm. off quite as quick anyway it, it it was just jarring to me and Fair enough. like i just needed the extra like two seconds of each shot the first time to like take it in for me like you know uh I mean? like i've i do i do know what you mean and, and i've and i i i have to like i have had to figure out that line quite a few times when i'm making videos with those quick cuts i will be like i'll add a little bit and then i'll, I'll pull like a half a second off of each little cut to to, to make it just a little quicker because you you pick up on so much sometimes even like a two second clip feels like it drags uh, just because you're like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at something that's very basic. It's just somebody walking on a trail. I don't need to, especially if you're going to have like six more clips behind it, you don't need like a full 10 seconds of clips to show that you walked from here to here to here and you did this and this, like your brain picks up on that information really quickly. Mm-hmm. So like I've found myself like wanting to give more. And then when I watch it back, I go, I'm, that's too much. It's too short. It feels really slow when you watch it all together. So that yeah. maybe that was the same case with this. Maybe. Well, uh, also, like, with a vlog, you have, like, ten minutes ten or minutes. less to, like, to get <laughs> yeah. all your stuff out. But this is a movie. It, like, has a lot more time to do that. Also, just, there's almost nothing you can learn from that that you don't learn from, like, the next five minutes after that of seeing mm-hmm. his, his home life, too. But, right. I mean... It, it works. It's just I, like I said. For me, it, it I enjoyed just, it stylistically. It I understand little, if you didn't. Just a little <laughs> jarring a little for more. me. I really have very few notes on this. Like, because my what, my next note is about after the home invasion. Yeah, my next note is literally just he did the right thing. <laughs> uh, yes, he did. He did do the right thing, and you find out even more how what even more of the right thing he did, considering his training. That was but actually also, one of my favorite moments in the movie. The restraint. Uh, but, but, uh, the reveal that he's like, he actually knew exactly what the hell he was doing. He wasn't, oh, yeah. he wasn't just backing down. Yeah. Well, that cop that said, if that was my family, fuck that cop. <laughs> like, yeah. That cop was such a dick. Like what, why would you even, why was he so smug about be telling him that if that was my family, I would have hit him with the golf club. Well, yeah. what, fuck you, man. Well, just... Because he wants to be perceived as a badass, whereas Hutch, you know, knows what being badass is. I did appreciate that he had that restraint to 
not take the, especially when you find out later that they're like, I, I, I was thinking about the perspective of the criminals too. And like, I mean, the, these people who broke into his house, yeah, it sucks what they did. But then later you find out why they did it. Like they mm-hmm. have no money. They have a child who's on some kind of like oxygen support. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, if, yeah, it sucks. Obviously breaking into people's house and robbing them and putting them in danger is not the right way to, to do this, but they're definitely in a situation where they don't have many options mm-hmm. or at least they feel like they don't. So it's like, get a little bit of uh, sympathy for the, for the people who are, who are breaking in as well. Um, not to say that that's a good, a good idea or a good solution, but no, no. to be thinking about the system that put them in that place in the first place is is where i'm at right now so mm-hmm. um and that sucks we, for them. i guess we also get to be a little sympathetic towards them because we get to find out that they weren't actually putting anybody in danger because oh yeah because they didn't have any bullets in the gun the gun was unloaded yeah the, yeah the the great reveal when he's talking about it to i can't remember if it's his dad or uh there is a whose character's yeah, names i can't remember but uh you see the flashback to him looking at because they were using a revolver and he can see into the chambers and there are no bullets in the gun so that's why he decides to back off and just let them run away with like the 20 bucks or whatever that they got yeah 20 bucks and a watch and so he thinks a mermaid necklace or something like Uh, that or a mermaid bracelet a kitty bracelet kitty bracelet yeah that like that i loved the scene where he's standing over the guy in his apartment saying Give me the motherfucking kitty bracelet. Yeah, and they're like, what kitty bracelet? <laughs> he's he's so badass, but talking about a kitty bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to say, Bob Odenkirk is a surprisingly convincing tough guy. <laughs> like, yeah, he, 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 he was, came off he was really great. great. Yeah. And uh, it's um, one of those movies where, like, he just also got in really great shape to be able to do a lot of this stuff and, and look mm-hmm. convincing in the part. It's great because he's, he's actually in the kind of shape where he's... Uh, like thin enough to believe that people would just think he's scrawny and can't take care of himself. But once mm-hmm. he starts moving, he's moving in believably confident and strong ways that like you can also believe that he can take care of himself. Like it's a great mm-hmm. middle ground shape for yeah. him to be in. Speaking of the kitty bracelet, uh, this, that whole little sequence that got him into this adventure made me think of Garden State a little bit. <laughs> I was like, uh, looking for, all he's doing is looking for a piece of jewelry, and then he ended up in <laughs> fighting the entire Russian mob. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. If he just found under the couch, everything would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, honestly, I, I thought that whole, start, like, uh, it was a great fight scene. Like, uh, I would, like, I... Which one? The, in, in the in the bus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, uh, I... Like I said, I don't know if I'll revisit the whole movie again, but at some point, some of the fight scenes I, I might like to watch again, like that bus scene. But it, it just—it's just so funny to me when, like, the first like twenty minutes of the movie have almost nothing to do with the hour and ten that comes after it. Like it's yeah. setting up the whole home invasion and stuff, and then just because you know he has sim- sympathy and empathy for the people who robbed him and their sick kid and he just gets pissed and leaves their apartment and then he's just in the bus so when he sees like the drunk russian assholes and they start causing trouble for people and he's like he just wants to beat them up because he's angry and frustrated 
like that's really the start of the movie. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, that's and and I mean the fact that he just has to take his aggression out on somebody. Yeah. And instead of just let like taking the girl out off of the bus and helping her out, he decides he's going to take a long time and wipe out this this quintet of assholes. Yeah. Um who I mean deserve it for sure, but Sure. It's actually, I think one of my favorite parts of that whole sequence is towards the beginning when he gets up, walks past them, and escorts the bus driver off of the bus and closes the door. For, doesn't escort the woman that they're bothering out. Leaves nope. her to be Just in the, the middle of this fight with knives and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the but, bus driver. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think it's funny that the the start of the movie has like nothing to do with the story up to that point other than he's just angry at aspects of his life and wants to take it out on someone and it just happens to be these people and also then well and then you don't find you don't even know who they are until the movie switches in the in the middle to uh yuri or whatever his name is julian Uh, julian yeah at the at the at the center and i'm like what Wait, suddenly we're we're following a different character now that yeah. we don't know anything yeah. about. Russian Hugh Hefner. Yes. I can't think of any good Russian names for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, that was that was a weird switch in the middle, but yeah, that you you're right, like the beginning was really just like to kind of make you feel his 9 to 5 life and his home life and then like you said to set up the set up the robbery. And but, to set up uh, that his dad, played by Christopher Lloyd, used yeah. to be uh, an FBI agent. Yeah, and with him. Yeah, or they, they used to do things together. Yeah, like as soon as I saw that, like... Well, because they set that up before there's any real action, so I was like, okay, he used to be an FBI agent. But as soon as there was like all this violence coming in, I was like, is Christopher Lloyd going to start fucking people up at some point? Like, he's, he's got to <laughs> get in on this at some point. Because uh, yeah, they, like, they no set it he's... up. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way he's just sitting in the retirement home. That's not. There's no way that's all his character's going to be. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah, it's Christopher Lloyd. You're, you, yeah, you're not going to waste him on uh, just sitting there and having a couple lines of dialogue. Hmm. So yeah, if you ever want to see Christopher Lloyd shoot Russians in the head for 20 minutes, watch the end of this movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> with um, with a smile on his face, by the way. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Um, but uh, you mentioned some of the fight, like the, I mean, the fight scenes were just fun. They're the um, best part of the movie. And I, I really, did, there were some other shots I liked too. Like some, some of the the way the movie was shot, I enjoyed. Um, the way that car, the car fight flip sequence, I really liked that, where the car f- kind of flew in one direction or like ta- it w- went off in one direction, and then the next scene was just where it was going to land, but the car was not in frame yet, and it falls into frame. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of shots like that that I just really liked the way that they shot it and the way they framed it. Um, and yeah. the fight scenes were just super cool and well choreographed as well. Yeah, I mean, other than, again, I like Hutch as a character, partially because it's Bob Odenkirk, and I just enjoy yeah. Bob Odenkirk. Um, but again, like just the way he's, especially in that first 20 minutes, just... That first sequence where you're like, okay, he's incredibly smart, incredibly resourceful, and completely unassuming about it, like in his daily life. I liked that switch, but uh, but yeah, other than that, like the the fight sequence or sequences are what 
after a certain point, that's almost all the movie becomes. So like, that's just yeah. the fun of the movie. And like you said, they're, they're pretty well directed. Like again, fairly evocative of, of John Wick. I like, if I mm-hmm. had to choose between watching one of the two, I'd probably watch that one instead. But, uh, like there's the the big fight in the middle where again he does the kind of badass thing where he ushers his family into the panic room when the Russian mob is like surrounding the house mm-hmm. and he says don't call nine one one and closes the panic room door on them <laughs> yeah uh, which was great but uh, there's got to be a point where you just see this guy taking out all of these like he doesn't have a gun himself and he's just taking out all of these mobsters one by one using their weapons like not even against them they're still in the hands of the russian mobsters and he's just using (laughs) them to shoot other mobsters at some point the other the others that are there have got to be like i'm out yeah either he's gonna kill me or yulian's gonna kill me third option is i'm just gonna survive as long as i can and and run somewhere (laughs) else Um, maybe they'll forget about me (laughs) Uh, yeah, they'll just think that I'm one of the dead ones. Yeah, they, they thought you got cle- we got cleaned up by the <laughs> whoever whatever crew comes in after he destroys all these people. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I would I would go I would totally go back and watch some of the fight scenes yeah. just for the fun of it. So he start and then he has a record player. He starts a record. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and Stefan was like, I can't like no one puts a needle on a record and it starts right at the start of a song of the song. And I was like. <clears throat> so the line where you stop suspending your disbelief <laughs> in this movie <laughs> is, is, is when he puts the needle on the, the record. <laughs> Not that the record starts a fire that burns down the entire house. That was cool. Completely unnecessary, but it was Definitely a, a cool, cool visual like, to see that it was in a slow motion. Gadget and, if yeah, I ever saw yeah, one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff and a lot of like funny stuff about the movie. It's just yeah, you know. yeah, the fu- like the 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 way Bob Odenkirk plays the guy, like it's very Bob Oden- Bob Odenkirk. Like yeah. he adds like a level of his tone and his delivery, and just like he adds a little bit of fun and humor to it. Yeah, which I appreciate very much. Like coming from him, like it wouldn't feel genuine if that was not part of his character. Yeah, I mean, it does so without feeling like Saul, you know, which would have been easy for him to do considering he's been playing Saul for like a decade now. Oh. But, uh, no, yeah, not the movie Saul. Yeah, I was like, Saul? Saul Goodman. Mm, (laughs) Yeah, Saul Goodman. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like he he does, because it's not that there are a whole lot of similarities between the characters, but again, since he's been playing Saul Goodman for 10 or more years at this point, I can't remember. But uh, and the fact that it is this like mix of kind of dark seriousness with humor, it could have ended up feeling like Saul with a gun, but definitely, it, but it did not. And they and it, uh, the, I mean, def- I definitely had that in my mind at some points throughout the movie. It's be- but... and for me, it was because of his voice. Like w- once he gets down into that like gravelly like. I'm just tired of talking to you voice. Yeah. That's when it just, it sounded like Saul, but it didn't feel like Saul to me. Like if the Russian's guy was named, if the Russian guy was named Walter, it would have just been like, all right, we can't. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he says Walter in that voice, it'd be like, <laughs> but, uh, there was a point where they were, when they were fighting in the house where they like, they threw him across the kitchen. And when it happened, 
a plate smashed next to him, and I was thinking of the scene in Breaking Bad where they the plate smashed next to the guy in the basement. I don't remember For, that one. First season guy with the bike locker on oh, his uh, neck. Oh, Crazy Eight? Yeah. And he and like I was waiting for him to pick up a shard uh, of plate yeah. and stab stab somebody with it. And I was like, hope they're gonna, uh, you know, I'm I'm, th- I'm already thinking about it. I kind of hope they do a little callback with that. Yeah. I, I like that, that. That I mean, not to talk about Breaking Bad for a minute, but that I like that. That was one of like the first real moments of Walter really outsmarting someone and you know putting putting the plate together and finding yeah. the the missing chunk and watching like it's a great scene what. Yeah, and I mean, again, I know we're talking about this for a second, but since we already brought it up, the yeah. the way that the way that uh, he plays that scene, and he's like so tormented by the fact that this guy he's trying to like feed a sandwich to and not to kill, and yeah. looking for any reason not to kill the guy, and then he puts the plate back together and realizes a shard taken out of it that the guy's going to try to stab him with is like like, and he's like so conflicted, and he's like, that's the thing that like kind of pushes him over the edge. Mm-hmm. Ah, so good. Anyway, <laughs> we could we could talk about Breaking Bad for a long time. Yeah, um, maybe we'll do like season one at some point, just because it's only like eight episodes. That would be cool. Six, but yeah, I knew, I knew it was short. <laughs> yeah, the the whole movie was just fun and kind of wraps up in an epic Russian firefight battle inside the warehouse that he bought from his brother-in-law yeah that was a great scene too because you only see his brother-in-law in like the one scene early on when he's like trying to force the gun on him and when the brother-in-law after the home invasion is being like you have to protect my sister here's a gun just take it uh yeah but he's definitely just a dick so the yeah. fact that there's this scene later where he basically gets to be pushed into being like the whiny uh yeah little kid that he is yeah when uh hutch tries to goes to buy the uh the warehouse with all the gold pieces that he got mm-hmm. and and uh because it's owned by his father-in-law and his brother-in-law works there too is like higher up and yeah. his brother-in-law's like we're not i get a say in this <laughs> The brother-in-law was definitely uh, Tevin Downey in that situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from my listing. Yeah. But the <laughs> fact that the father-in-law was just like, saw all this money and was like, yeah, I'm taking it. And, he's like, oh, I got to say this. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just like that. Hutch was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or whatever he said. And Yeah, uh, and then as soon as, he, as soon as he had the, yeah, he did say that to the brother-in-law but then as soon as uh, the father-in-law said yes i'll take it it's all yours he said okay good now get the hell out of here <laughs> i like as soon as he bought it i was like he's got to be setting up to bring the russians here uh yeah in a little bit uh of a home alone way but <laughs> yes not, very much not quite as much as the most recent rambo movie though the most recent Rambo movie was just the, the last thirty minutes was just Home Alone with guns. This one mm-hmm. felt a, a different enough from Home Alone. Slightly, this one was just it was definitely fun though. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like the silly traps he set up with like the landmine on the steps, and then the oh, what was the thing he like threw over the oh well he had the he had the um, compressor thing like yeah. the uh, oh, what do you call that thing. Uh, there's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to like smashing things inside of it. Uh, a new mat, like it's a pneumatic like a press pressure some... press. Yeah, pneumatic. I think it's called a pneumatic press. Yeah, but he had the grenade inside of that. Yeah. Like some of them was just the traps were like so like 
it's one of those things where the traps are silly enough that you have to really luck out into getting somebody in the right yeah. spot. Like like the the razor wire with like the thing that like yanked oh, them yeah. through the window. I was like, what? that seemed like that seemed extra. I was like, what is this? And I like at the very end that he had like the claymore mine on the uh, like the bullet like the glass. shield or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever it was, like riot glass, whatever it is. I was and, gonna say whatever, whatever it was. That was like the like probably one of the most badass things he did. It was it, like it is. But that I was, was like, him. Yeah, I was like, he would not survive that, no matter how strong that glass was. Like, he's not surviving that. And Stefan was like, eh, yeah. it's the you know bulletproof glass, whatever. And I was like, yeah, you wouldn't buy the record thing, <laughs> <laughs> but this is fine. Oh. But I mean, that was definitely his like, we're gonna we're gonna blow up Gus moment, and that was great. <laughs> yeah, although at least Walter. Had the smarts to get out of the fucking room. <laughs> to not be, yeah, to, to <laughs> basically to uh, convince someone else. Who was to, ready to, to die anyway. For, to do it for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers if you haven't Ding. seen Breaking Bad. Uh, go see it. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. Uh, you, you've be- probably before heard you watch of... this movie, go watch the, <laughs> the entire series. Yeah, you've, you've probably heard a lot of the spoilers, spoilers anyway. Also, watch Better Call Saul. Not as many people do, but it's a really good show. It is. It's a very different show. Don't expect Breaking Bad, but it's great on its own merits. Last show, or last season coming soon-ish, hopefully. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad in a certain way, but... Like, I'm glad ha- it's not going to overstay ha- its Again, welcome. happy that it's ending in the way that Breaking Bad chose to end. Yeah. Even though Breaking Bad did that stupid breaking the second the last season into two parts thing. <sighs> well, that, that wasn't their fault. I know. Oh, I know. I know. It's, it's AMC wanting more ad revenues. Fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as you said, this wasn't going to be a long one, but I don't, I don't really have yeah. anything else about the movie. I mean, I mean, there were other small moments that I liked, but again, I, like it was just the type of movie where I didn't see fit to be taking a lot of notes, so I just didn't write down all the things I liked. I figured you saw the uh, mid credit sequence. You know, I was wondering if there was one, but I did not watch it. Okay. Well, so it's. Uh, is it Riza? Yeah. And uh, that his dad and Christopher Lloyd uh, driving, like, looks like they're driving, like, south along the California coast. Into and, the sunset? You know, in, an, in an RV. And Christopher Lloyd's like, why couldn't we just take an, a plane? <laughs> and the other guy goes, with this, with this cargo? And then they both comically look to, to the back to the camera and then it pans back and you just see guns all over the place <laughs> inside. The, and I was like, are they setting this up for a, a spinoff or a sequel? I can't really tell. Because the end of the movie proper was like setting up a sequel. That's true. Because you don't know what that phone call was. You just know that <laughs> it made him ask if there was a basement. So, yeah, And if they played that scene a little bit differently, it would have been like, like fake 80s sitcom style. It kind of was. Does have a basement? <laughs> I mean, it kind of was like it felt like the end of an '80s movie because this is not a movie that like is begging for a, a part two. Uh, you know, yeah. I, at the end of it, I wanted Hutch to be able to get away and like, you know, get a new identity for his family and just kind of start over and be quiet, but with them respecting him this time. Uh, There's this kind of like a fever dream episode of. Uh, Mr. Robot where it all kind of takes place in an 80s sitcom and it's all like bright colors and a studio audience and 
like that obviously is very different from the dark colored serious TV show that Mr. Robot is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elliot, the main character, is experiencing it himself as if he's like, what? What in the hell? Like he's confused why people are laughing in the studio audience. He's he's reacting the way that a normal person would. Um, but like all the dark stuff is still happening, but everybody's like making jokes about it and kind of like tilting mm-hmm. toward the camera. And that's that's kind of what that scene reminded me of. My life in three cameras. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, except mm. that was already a comedy. <laughs> True. Um, uh, but anyway. Anyway, now now that we've referenced Scrubs, I think we can take a break. Oh, yes, and come back the... with lessons, which again <laughs> I don't think is going to be a very long section, but but uh, no. it's the conceit of the show, so we have to do it. <laughs> well, if that's not a cliffhanger for you, I don't know what is. So <laughs> stick around after the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> I think that means we're back. <laughs> yeah, let's see. We we don't even need to put the bumpers in. We can just do the music ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. What have you learned? Uh, so the first lesson I wrote down is something about family. That's what it says. Something about family. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I definitely had that. I mean, it definitely does have that kind of in there it's like i think i think i think that will kind of go along with the lesson that i wrote down as well but first it would the the thing that i wrote down the only thing i wrote was you've got to be you which is basically like him being like just accepting that he was just never ready to give up this lifestyle mm-hmm. or uh he tried to convince himself he wanted to but it kept pulling him back in and um, he convinced himself it could be done right he did want it but he can, but wasn't sure he until himself he until he saw out. Aaron, who could yeah. do it or seemed so, to. But yeah, I mean, I think that the family aspect goes with like he really he saw the other guy who had a family and a like who changed his lifestyle completely. He had a wife and kids and a home life, and he was he seemed happy. So he was like, "I can do this. I want to do this. I want that." Mm-hmm. And then he tried to do that, you know, like he tried to give up something that was a big part of his life and <laughs> and important to him for family. And even though it, he still pulled, he got, he got pulled back into the lifestyle or, you know, let himself get pulled back in, he still spent the movie trying to protect his family and for the most part mm-hmm. he locked him locked him in the basement for a little while while he just while he killed a bunch of russians upstairs and then let them out in an indeterminate amount of time later after he was kidnapped <laughs> so you know family is important yeah you gotta, uh, you gotta make sure you have a panic room <laughs> yeah family is important good lesson from nobody <laughs> uh the yeah. other the other lesson, uh, another lesson I wrote down is, and this is the way I wrote down the lessons for this because, again, it there wasn't much story to the movie, but something mm-hmm. about not fucking with people because you never know who they are. True. Uh, I mean, you shouldn't fuck with people anyway, but, and I mean, this goes for both sides in this movie, is that he didn't really know that they were the Russian mob, but the Russian mob didn't know that he was going to be able to 
kill all of them <laughs> right and destroy he's, their he's business to, uh, and decimate their their ranks and yeah. <laughs> burn their money down um yeah. i will say one of the cooler things that he did was when like to destroy the the russian mob's business he poured gas into the sprinkler system yeah i thought that was a cool <laughs> that was a cool little thing yeah. that they did and then did that to spread gas everywhere and set the place on fire yeah i don't know if I mean I don't know if you could take you could extrapolate from that to say be be careful who you I guess you said be careful who you mess with or something or don't mess with people because you don't know who they are yeah I was kind of hearing the like don't be mean to people that you don't know because you don't know what they're going through or why they're being the way they are yeah um, I not mean, that, really the same thing <laughs> no but I mean that's that's kind of true in the beginning with the. With both uh, the robbers right. and also yeah. with the, the Russian mobsters because, you know, they just thought, I mean, Hodge provoked the fight, but they still thought that he was just uh, a he nobody the fight, but I mean, who they could take. They were basically kicking the bus driver out anyway so they could do whatever, who, who knows what, to that girl. Mm-hmm. So, like can't really have a whole lot of sympathy for those guys but oh, I, I didn't have but I think sympathy you, for them <laughs> but i'm just saying he wasn't the one that they were fucking with um, right but if you take it back to the beginning like you said that's a good that was a good point i like that you mentioned that i didn't, I didn't think of that the people the, the the robbers in the beginning as we already said they we you didn't know their situation like they were basically backed into a corner and they were like well we're gonna rob somebody mm-hmm. without bullets and a gun because i don't want to kill anybody we just want their money, you know, like mm-hmm. we, they have money. We're in a nice neighborhood. They have a nice house. We, we have a baby on a, on an oxygen mask that who knows who was watching that baby when they were robbing houses. <laughs> but, um, then yeah, so you, you really just don't know people's situation and it's really easy to like prejudge people. Yeah. And, and they didn't know that the person that they were robbing was a guy who would be able to track them down based on a tattoo he saw and the type of weapon they had. Which I suppose is, uh, yeah, so it's a little bit of a double-edged sword there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> if you're a criminal, be careful who you rob. And if, if you're a layman, be careful how you judge people. Yeah, you would think Hutch would have done a little more research on them before invading their house, though, because he's smarter than they are. But True. <laughs> I guess he realized like they were not hardened criminals, and he wasn't, well, he wasn't going to be walking into an ambush or anything. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he found out where they were, he's like, also, he was basically just got blinders on. He wanted to get his stuff back and take a little take a little vengeance out on people yeah he really just wanted to like smack him on the hand and say don't rob people but yeah you know actually i was surprised that he didn't like when i saw the kid i was kind of surprised he didn't like leave that money clip with them Hmm. actually within since they brought up the money clip in the last you know in the tattoo shop scene i thought that that was going to be carried over there when he saw that they were like struggling yeah. I thought he was going to leave them the money. That would have been cool. Yeah. So uh, another lesson I have written down is uh, something about not taking shit from people. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's... I'll put it this way. That is... Taking shit from everyone in in his life is what gave Hutch all the frustration to just wail on the Russian mobsters. Again, they deserved it. But if he hadn't been so frustrated, he might have been able to just get the girl away from them instead of... Yeah. Uh, bringing the entire Russian mob in whatever city he was in down on his house. Yeah. Um, and 
taking that idea and running with it. Uh, I could say you could you maybe would would be would, would think about if, if you have to make sacrifices in your life that add stress to your life, maybe find some good ways to find a good outlet for that stress basically. Sure. Uh, you know, find a way to de-stress yourself because if every if you're taking shit from everybody all the time because you have to pretend to be something you're not or whatever, hopefully you can find a way to uh to uh, calm down a little bit and meditate or de-stress or, you know, box or something just to, you know, get that aggression out in a positive way so it doesn't build up and boil over like in this case. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Hutch doesn't have any uh, outlets. Just yelling at the the garbage men every Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) punching uh, the brick wall. Uh, oh yeah, which he did after he went to the the robber's house, but yeah. probably not the first time he's let out his frustration in that way. No, I'm I, surprised I he didn't have some calluses on his knuckles. Uh, maybe they just couldn't afford the makeup for that. Probably don't punch a brick wall. Maybe go for a punching bag or or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's it's it's got to be tough to be the guy who used to have like this super exciting life, then goes to, like this boring nine to five. And he's really just kind of trying to hold it together in the hopes that he can have the family, you know, that he believes can be done. And he's still not really sure. Yeah, but then, like he said, he overdid it because then the guy he was kind of pretending to be didn't get respect from his wife or his son or, you know, they were all just bored by him because he was so not doing anything yeah uh, just working and then going home um, <laughs> and his his dad had the even worse version of that that he's like sitting in front of a tv all day <laughs> yeah speaking oh speaking of him sitting in front of the tv like the scene where he pulls the shotgun out from underneath of his yeah. blanket or whatever and shoots to get like that was that was awesome <laughs> it was awesome but then when uh <laughs> when like the attendant came in and was like turn the tv down i was like yeah, and also clean up all that blood that just splattered <laughs> all over your wall that I was like, you cannot no... see. Yeah, and I was like, and how did he not see the guy that he's like holding with, like he's strangling in his yeah. chair at the moment too? I was like, it's yeah, a very I mean, fun scene, but it's so silly. Now, I can let it go that the music started as soon as he put the record needle down, but that that one's pushing it a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I definitely had that thought as well. <laughs> I was like, he definitely saw that. <laughs> there's brains. It. There's brains on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> it was a really fun scene. <laughs> I'm glad Christopher Lloyd got to do that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, and uh, my last lesson I wrote down is uh, some people deserve the worst you have to offer. Yeah. Worst you have to offer yeah um which is i mean they really have to drag it out of him but eventually he's like all right i will just kill all of you yeah uh it's because you will not stop until i do but i mean he almost basically says that to the to the to the russian guy anyway he's like he's basically says like let's call it even don't make me do this yeah 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 um he was happy to just beat up five guys and, and go home. Uh, yeah. Which just, just like somebody on a depressing evening, everybody just beat up five guys and 
Drink your milkshake and go home. Yeah. After you get thrown out of a bus window and you stagger in, but as soon as you get back into the bus, your limp is gone. It's great. <laughs> uh, he had time to recover on the walk in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did write down one last note about the movie itself, which happens at the very end of the movie. I wrote, the Russians land one shot and it's not even lethal. Which is when they the shoot. Shoulder. Yeah, they shoot the RZA in the shoulder. That's the only shot they land the entire movie. Yep. <laughs> classic, uh, classic uh, Contra Rambo style bad guys just shooting at one guy from ten different angles and not hitting anything. Yeah, it was also classic uh, bad guys with machine machine guns <laughs> and good guys with handguns. Handguns or thing. no guns. Yeah. Actually, I think one of the most badass scenes in the movie was in that bus fight. Like before he started the fight, he pulled out the gun and showed the guys the gun. And since it was a revolver, yeah, he opened it up and just dumped all the bullets onto the ground and dropped the gun. Yeah. And then walked toward them and said, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to be like a straight up action movie. I, had, I really didn't know what it was going to be about. I had seen some previews that said it was an action movie. So I, okay. but the fact that it took like a third of the movie almost to to get there, it surprised me. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, as far as action movies go, I enjoyed this one, and I've only seen the first John Wick, so me, and me I have too. not seen any Takens, so I don't have too much to compare it to, but. There was enough John Wick in this from what the little bit that I knew. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've only seen the first two John Wicks. The second one was okay. But the first one was so much fun. And again, like, they, the way they build up, like, the world of assassins with, like, the cool hotel where they all stay, where the rules are different, and, like, uh, just the cast of characters around it. I thought yeah. I thought that was just a cool little world for a movie like that to take place in. But I feel like stripping it down to basically taken again. A dad with a particular set of skills and now his family is in danger. So he's going to just kill everyone. Uh, Mm -hmm. It didn't. I think there was probably if this had gone in a slightly different way and gone a little more serious, maybe it would have uh, been really great for me. But as a stands, it was just fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And based on Bob Odenkirk alone and the fun fight scenes, if they make another one, I will watch the other one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, oh, I do have one other thing I wrote down was that um, everybody everybody has a line. So like even the even criminals live by a code mm-hmm. where uh, Hutch says to the Russian guy. Like, you came to my house, basically, you came to my family, we don't do that, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, keep it here. Family's here, the job is here, no matter what it is. Like, so, like, there's a, there is a line that can be crossed by anyone, and, like, that was, like, his breaking point, where he's like, you did did something, you know, you know you did something wrong. Right. Um, And I don't, I didn't really have anywhere to go with that, but I just, I, I just wanted to note that he did have, like, that, he's living by a code kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, and it's also, you know, separating home life and and work life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, leave leave your work at work, guys. Yeah. That's another another good lesson. Just leave your work at work. And then Bob (laughs) Odenkirk won't come and beat you all up. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a line I would think would have would have been said before <laughs> this movie came out. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Bob Odenhurst going to come come beat us all up. All right. <laughs> yeah, is David Cross going to be there? We can only hope. I feel like David Cross could probably kick some ass. <laughs> probably, He's got a lot of anger. <laughs> but it would look a lot different than than this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe yeah. that's the sequel is David Cross <laughs> being a badass. Like the most unexpected, <laughs> the most unexpected yeah. uh, action heroes. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe David Cross is the bad guy in this one, but he's like way more badass than than Julian. David Cross could definitely be the bad guy. Like he could definitely be some kind of tech tech bad guy. <laughs> I feel like I would have a harder time taking that seriously than Bob Odenkirk being this action star. No, I think I think uh I think uh David Cross finally got fed up with how the government was doing everything and just was like, "Well, fuck this. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, burn it all down." Yeah. But I mean the just for me, the second David Cross would start talking, I would probably start laughing. Just that voice of his. Just like in uh, Sorry to Bother You? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, is that David Cross? <laughs> is your white voice David Cross? <laughs> <sighs> uh. Well, mutual sigh often means end of lessons. Yes, I do believe so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if if you have any thoughts on Nobody or anything else or David Cross, uh, unlikely action heroes, uh, movies with minimal storyline but still fun action, you can email us at imitatingart1 at gmail.com or find us on the socials at imitatingartpod on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to find me individually, uh, I'm on Instagram at Don't Worry I'm Finite and Twitter at Don Is Finite. And my YouTube is youtube.com slash Don't Worry I'm Finite. And I am on the socials as Big Effin Moose, spelled like it sounds. Even on YouTube, but I don't think there's anything there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Maybe, maybe some two smiling talents. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. They might be there. <laughs> what is it? What is a Tanuki? <laughs> it's this. <laughs> well, All right. Yeah. Well, it's been actual. Yeah, it's been real. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Are you abusing that mouse again? Don and Chuck will return in Imitating Art with Don and Chuck.